Hey, welcome back to the Ruby Dev Summit. I'm so excited. We have my friend Amir Rajan here. He's uh, the guy behind Dragon. Hello, Ruby. everyone. Yeah, boy, I remember the good old days when you took over Ruby Motion, and you know now now we've got Dragon Ruby and build video games in Ruby, which is super cool. Um, but yeah, it, how how are you doing? What's almost new? eight years, eight eight and a half years at this point. Oh, wow, 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 wow. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. A, a dark room. I remember finding. Thing. I remember finding that game, and I spent. I don't even want to think about how many hours playing it, and then, and then I found out it was written in Ruby, and I was like, "What? That's cool." Yeah, uh, so. last year we actually, uh, I actually did a Steam release, so it's yeah. on, it's on Steam, and the source code ships with it, so it's like mod it, go ahead and go to town, and it's all Ruby, oh, nice. so you can, you can literally change the code, save, and then you know reloads within the game change the storyline if you want go for it so okay so i asked everybody else the same question first and i'm going to break my rule so so legitimately with dragon ruby now i can ship it to steam yeah yeah you can ship it to console back in 2019 so uh we we added uh the steam pipeline which basically takes the uh prepackaged binaries that we already have and then creates the the payload the steam payload for you on, on your behalf but yeah Ship to Steam, really goes to PC, Mac, Linux, no problem. All right, I gotta go. We'll talk in a few hours. <laughs> you've got I'm your great, kidding. you've got your amazing game idea. You, just, you need to go. <laughs> oh, you should hear my 18 year old go on and on and on about the game he wants to build. It is so funny, and it's like, yeah, it's- and I, I, I like this element from this game, except with this twist and this element from this other game with this twist, and I'm gonna blend them together, and it's. <laughs> it's it's we are designed humans are designed for creativity like it's it's it's, it's so true so true yeah it's it's primal in, in us and yeah. uh it's it's important to feed that yeah absolutely so i'm gonna uh dive in i i could go on and on about that too but i'm not going to um i'm <laughs> gonna dive in and ask you the question i've asked everybody else and then you know maybe we can go back to the creativity question because it probably informs a lot of this other stuff but what is the future of Ruby? The future of Ruby. Um, so the first thing that comes to mind is the future of Ruby is we're really not the children. It's your it's your children. It's the next generation. It's okay. the it's the next it's the next generation of programmers that that want to experience the magic of of coding mm-hmm. and explore that facet of it and i think i mean that's an intrinsic part of of ruby it just it, you feel that magic it feels magical the first time you use it and um i think uh, i think a reason for that is that ruby is an extremely mature language i mean mm-hmm. 20 30 years at this point and yep. um because because of that uh, maturity we've we've kind of entered the phase of like craftsmanship where mm-hmm. where you know we've got like well-defined solutions for well-defined problems and this is how you do it. This is how you build, you know, a web app, or this is how you do testing, or this is how you do X, Y, Z, whatever, whatever problem domain you're in. And it's good. It, it, that that kind of professionalism and maturity is is a testament to the language. At the same time, what what, what happens is that the innovation starts starts uh, faltering a little bit because mm-hmm. everything's well defined. Why would you do it this other way? The, you know, it's it's silly to do this other thing when we've got these established patterns. And so right. when I think about the future of Ruby, it's, it's that uh, I, I think the term is the beginner's mindset and, and the idea that 
it's it's those people that haven't experienced uh, programming, haven't experienced Ruby, are we're going to push that envelope of innovation. And it's and it's for me like a, a personal goal for me is like the literacy of programming and like increasing literacy of programming with with this generation that comes comes after us. And so it, it's kind of like that. It, it's more of a fuzzy answer, right? It's not it's not technical in nature. It's it's got it's got an emotional facet to it, and that. And that the future of Ruby lies with finding those people that you know are hungry to uh, to create and and uh, mm-hmm. express themselves in a, in a digital medium. And I, I and no other language does it better than Ruby, like hands down. Yeah, I agree with you as far as uh, Ruby's expressiveness. I, you know, it, it. I how do I put it? It's one of those things where so I had gotten my degree in computer engineering right so i took classes and i did everything from assembly language mm-hmm. up to c c plus plus and java um a little bit of pascal um and you know i stumbled into ruby at my job which was the job i had when i graduated um and they were building the web portion of the application in, in ruby and rails and i get in there and i'm like what? this program because I graduated and I was adamant. I was like, I am not going into writing code because it is, you know, you solve dumb problems with with dumb language, basically, right? Yeah. And we, I got in and started fiddling with Ruby and I was like, this is amazing. I want to do this for the rest of my life. And and it was because it was in, intuitive and helpful. Uh, the language was helpful. And yeah, I mean, that that's the kind of thing you're talking about. And then, yeah, back to the, you know, kind of the the creativity and the, you know, the people who really want to, you know, be a part of these solutions. Yeah, it's, it's, it's helpful, right? Yeah. It's, and, it's that aspect that it comes into this other piece that you're talking about. Yeah. And it, it's like, you, you lose your, there are situations, points in your life man, when you're like, I am meant to be a programmer where you get in front of the computer and you, and you blink and 10 hours have passed because you've, uh-huh. you've lost yourself in, in your you know in your program and over time you know that that wanes right less yeah it happens less and less and um and that's why it's so important to to have the to have to have that beginner's mind that new blood that that yep. you know bright-eyed bushy-tailed facet of of um of the community is that is you, we need to have those people lose themselves in the language mm-hmm. and and find insights that that we can no longer see because because of the level of craftsmanship that we've you know applied to our software yep absolutely this also reflects uh so this morning i interviewed alias quito i don't know if you know who he is he's the guy behind the opal ruby implementation which transpiles to javascript and um he we were talking about ruby and he he basically was talking about how you know yeah he he loves ruby and we talked about some of these same things and then um, he basically said, well, one of the things that I, I'm excited about with Ruby and C in the future is that um, we're finding new ways to keep it fresh. And he referred to like DHH's Rails World um, keynote and some of the other things that are coming out in like the, the Prism parser and stuff like that. And he basically, it was the same thing, right? Where it was not necessarily having that beginner's eye and, you know, the new discoveries, but having that as an experienced Rubyist because now we have these new opportunities come in to do the thing that I've always wanted to have that experience that I've always wanted to, to create in the way that, you know, is, feels natural to me. And yeah, so I'm I don't think it's just for new people. Too. 
Yeah. And well, yeah, and I guess, I guess we're touching on that facet of it too. Um, uh, specifically with respect to Prism is that uh, one, one facet of innovation that I want to see Ruby, uh, Ruby push towards is, is kind of, is kind of um, blurring the lines between, between like a, a static analysis, compilation types mm-hmm. and things like that. Cause because you have RuboCop and it tells you if you have an unused variable, right? Right. Um, and that works well. And we've got uh, we've got RBS, which which kind of can do type mm-hmm. inference and really really nice statically typed languages like Haskell and F Sharp. I don't have to put a type there. I I put right. you know function add a comma b and it knows it's it's and I put a plus sign and it knows that it's i equatable and and it has these uh, pop uh, properties of you know mm-hmm. it implements a concatenability concatenation interface and i don't have to put the type there right and so the, this idea of 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 blurring those lines where i can i can not not only is the baked in stuff available but i can i can express uh, my own my own constraints on the system like at no point do i want function a to also be called in the same call stack as function b and if that happens then mm-hmm. that's a that's a air quotes compiler error and I think um, uh, Prism Prism affords us that capability, right? Being able to potentially uh, traverse traverse the the, the um, uh, execution hierarchies and whatnot. And so um, that's that's one of the uh, facets of Ruby that I would love to see kind of uh, kind of mm-hmm. evolve and 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 bring the bring those uh, the ability to define those constraints to the developer to where you don't have to be you know a language expert to say, hey. At no point do I want to be able to save, you know, a person object and its contacts object at the same time because of, you know, some weird concurrency thing that we have. Right. Yeah, I mean, I haven't I haven't dived into Prism uh, that way as much, mostly because I'm not out there, you know, using a Ruby parser in any of the code that I write. But mm-hmm. it's interesting to think about, yeah, with these kinds of capabilities, um, because because typically where it's going to shine for me is when I'm using like Visual Studio Code or something and I have a, a language service on the back end that's, you know, translating for the IDE and saying, hey, this is this is good Ruby. This is bad Ruby. Um, yeah. You know, the, yeah. Having it show up in the tooling like what you're talking about, that that's the power that, that we're looking at. You also mentioned RBS and I talked to Sotoro uh, Matsumoto um, last week for the summit and he he talked a bit about rbs and what's going on there and uh yeah you know some some people are a little less bullish on types and some people are a little more excited about them and you know i'm i'm jury's kind of out for me to be honest um yeah for me if i if i'm having to define it then yeah it's not smart enough right yeah yeah but we also have type prof which does a lot of the same stuff without having the annotation piece but Mm -hmm. Whichever way you want to go, right? I mean, again, we have these options if if that's expressive for us. Yeah. So excited about that. I, uh, I'm interested in. Uh, of course, I go back to there's like this list, uh, this old uh, white paper on uh, adding like progressive typing uh, to Lisp, uh-huh. and that's where I would get my uh, inspiration uh, to Common Lisp, and that's where I kind of get my inspiration of. Oh, of cool. What would what would that look like in the context of Ruby? Um, how can we take some of the some of the lessons learned or some mm-hmm. of the research that's already been that's already been done uh, with respect to uh, stiffening stiffening mm-hmm. uh, uh, concepts in our domain uh, after after like the discovery phase is gone, and right. um, how how can we apply that in in ways that give give more power power to the developers? 
to be able to do that. Yeah, that would but, be um, really interesting. I'd love to read that paper too. Yeah, I, I can give you a link of. Uh, I'm sure you'll like show notes, hopefully, and then mm-hmm. I can I can post that for uh, for the paper. But it's it's really interesting stuff. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Very very cool. So uh, yeah, I, I'm curious what else you're seeing in in Ruby, the community, um, the technology, the ecosystem. yeah. One other thing I would like to see is uh, same thing with like re- regard to the parsing is a more bi-directional uh, aspect of it to where to where it can it, it can take ruby code uh interpret it and then spit out generated code so the idea of scaffolding um even some of the very little boilerplate that we do even today could could potentially be mm-hmm. um alleviated um dsls could be taken to the next level right creating our own keyword that that could code gen a specific uh, a specific Ruby constructs without having to potentially do ERB or or any kind of like a, a templating mechanism, but uh, those those facets the system would be would be really really great to see. I'm not sure if I understand what you're aiming at. Are you saying that it would parse code and then be able to use it as a template in another part of my code, or so like a maybe a. A, a very very naive example would be um let's say you've got this uh there's a uh there's a, especially with game development there's some like uh-huh. really critical uh critically uh a uh, uh, critical path where like performance is like up, right. upmost key so you have to write these ugly while statements right you get the index mm-hmm. extract the dot you know the length and then you got to make sure you incre- increment at the end otherwise you know you get your while loop stuck forever so being able to say all right well, I want I want to be able to write this as an each statement, right, or mm-hmm. an enumerable. But going through going through like a, a parser pass, have have the generation oh. come out the other end and and extrapolate that out to while loop. So, right. but that's a, that's fairly naive. But then you can take it a step further to say, well, well, can we take it to where we can use it apply to DSLs, where some mm-hmm. Ruby syntax may not be uh, uh, may not syntax check. But in the context of this file and in this domain, I can I can apply a transform that uh, that right. generates clean Ruby code um, yeah. on on the tail end. And so this this idea of kind of see macros, but I you know macros are 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 interesting facets, but it's like it's your tool. Yeah, right? it doesn't right. have to be part of the language, but you've got the power to do do what you want and and make it make it a make it a, a accessible to to devs that are mm-hmm. that are not in that space. Something yeah, that like makes that. sense. I was going to say like macros, but I was thinking like uh what other language was I doing that had macros? It might be Emacs Lisp or something, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, effectively, uh, yeah. Some it's not part of the language, but it's yeah, it's when I say this, I mean this code. Yeah. Yeah. And that would that be, would be cool. Uh, and the, these are the facets of innovation that I can that I can see like Ruby air quotes being crazy enough to do because mm-hmm. we we need it we need it in in this industry that that yep. that innovation that creativity. Yep, go break the rules, guys. Break them, break them all. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's exciting. I, I hadn't even thought of that. Are there other things that you're you're looking at or? Uh, let's see. As far as the with respect to uh, future Ruby, um, the only other thing that 
I think it's like important important to touch on is is um, uh, uh, that that aspect of the mindset is that is that we're in that we we have to be cognizant that we're in that craft uh, craftsmanship and and that kind of maturity and extreme mm-hmm. expertise. So when it comes to when it comes to um, you know bringing on new developers, we have to remember that that the only exposure they may ha- they may have is like a int i equals zero i right. plus the length you know i plus plus open curly and you know that's that's how they think my and soul so, just died a little well and 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 it, it's it, it's a facet of it is that is that yeah. we, we forget that that's how we all started uh-huh right? it felt statements and 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 um it's it's hard to reconnect with that aspect of it and it and i see it um i see it kind of uh kind of surface itself as people saying oh there's so many ways to do uh, something in ruby and what i what i like i guess as the community as a whole is to reframe that as that there's a spectrum of solutions based on uh-huh. your experience right right so that's a good so way to put it you're you're new to really if else if else statements uh-huh. okay well you learned that look we've got a we've got a switch a case statement right and uh-huh. switch oh you know how to do that we have hashes and dictionaries okay yeah. well now we have hashes that delegate to procs now we have mm-hmm. pattern matching and and then you know strategy patterns and then uh, extrapolate across the board but i think i think understanding and and communicating that that there's a spectrum of solutions and and based on based on um how quickly you want the feedback like is it a quick and dirty solution is long term you apply different uh, aspects to that mm-hmm. uh, to that spectrum and i think um uh, we we we've forgotten that that aspect of it and we say oh just use an innumerable or you know just just do pattern matching and it's like well how, teach teach the teach the next generation how to evolve across that spectrum and choose one one over the other and i think yeah. um uh, and i think uh, th- that goes in lines with all any new feature that's added to ruby is when when a new feature comes up i think about that spectrum i think about well how did we do it before Mm-hmm. And how did we do it before that? And how did we do it before that? And how did we end up here? And I think um, uh, th- those uh, those aspects inform inform and uh, and uh, reframe the oh, there's more than one way to do it. Like no, there's there's a way to do it. It's just that way exists on a spectrum of of solutions. Right. No, that that makes a ton of sense, and I like the approach too because yeah, then it's not a oh for loops are ugly. And it's more of a well. Th- there's a there's a cleaner, more elegant way, right? There's there's a way to progress you up the the progression there, so that you, yeah, you know what the other options are, and you can choose the right thing for the right instance. Yeah, and then sometimes sometimes I'm like I don't want to think about how to do a, a map reduce, so I'll do it for each. Like I I'm gonna yeah. I'll create I'll create my hash at the on the outside. They're like I know this can be better, you know, better uh, expressed as like, you know, a map reduce or a fold yeah. right, and it's like or an inject. I'm like I hash result equals for each key, yeah. right? And then, and, but but you know that aspect of the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. You're like okay, yeah, I, and and um, it, it's something that we we all practice, right? We're we're all not on that on that far right side, and and um, being cognizant of that is, is incredibly important. Yep, and reframing that narrative. Yep. So before the show, you were talking a little bit about um, Ruby and creativity and art. 
And, you know, it, it's funny because I think about programming a lot of times in terms of like problem solution, but mm-hmm. there's, there's something about just being able to express my creativity. And we, we kind of flirted with this idea a little bit, but I, I have a feeling that there, there's a deeper discussion to be had there. But there's something about that that just really speaks to me about, you know, I, I can, you know, beyond just having an elegant so- solution to a problem, I can create something wild or uh, unorthodox or strange, right? And I guess um, mm-hmm. video games kind of open that aspect up to you. But w- where do you see things going from there? Because it feels like we sometimes get glimpses of that here and there in the community, but I don't see anybody really deeply embodying that. Yeah. And I think um, for me, the, I guess like the tagline, the tagline statement would be Ruby begets innovation. Like, okay. That's the different, that's the differentiator for the language is that break the rules. uh, Yeah. It begets innovation. And yeah. And when it comes to artistic endeavors, like, it's not well defined. I, I don't have a routing number and bank account and ABA and it's not like a well-defined model or well-defined domain. It right. it rarely is that. There's some mathematical mathematical foundations that are always always broken, but um, mm-hmm. outside outside of that, it it's it's you can't do it wrong because there's there is like oh you're doing your your um, this is the formula you follow to make a fun game. Like there's, there's no mm-hmm. formula. There's, right. there's just expressivity, ex- expressivity. And, um, uh, nobody dies, right? Like there, mm-hmm. there's no medical equipment associated with the video game. So it's okay to break the rules and, and do mm-hmm. interesting things and, and, uh, and, uh, exercise that, that aspect of, of creativity. And then, and then it, it, that we've got this mind, mind space and gray matter. And it's like, well, how, how can I most efficiently get it, get it onto a digital medium? And mm-hmm. that air quotes paintbrush that I use is, is Ruby. And uh, I, I don't think any other language can, can come close, can clo- come close to um, the ability to, to close that, close that feedback loop. And, yeah. um, and uh, there's like, you use, uh, you know, always, always to pick on unity um, uh, and uh, like C sharp and general static typing uh-huh. up front. It's asking me, where do you want the HP to be? Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the boss's <laughs> HP is going to be. Like, Legend of Zelda, you know, has bosses that don't even have HP. Like, I'm not going to have a base type. I don't even know if this property is going to exist exist anywhere except for this like one weird one off case. Like, and uh-huh. and and having having a, a a an interface from you know dev to digital medium that says "Tell me now, or I'm not going to let you continue," is it. it 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 breaks you like it 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 right. breaks it breaks that that flow and that that uh, need and that need to like you know lose myself and and see ten hours pass in, in a blink of an eye and um, and so having having a language that allows you to to uh, apply solutions across the spectrum right I can do a quick and dirty mm-hmm. I can do you know dictionaries and open structs up front and just get something working and mm-hmm. then once I once I get a vibe and a feel for it say like, okay well now I can now I can move across that spectrum, maybe create a module or or like you know a class with uh, class methods. Okay, now I can do some inheritance hierarchies and potentially mix ends and whatnot and, mm-hmm. and evolve that spe- spectrum. 
So it gives you that upfront uh, ability to just build something and uh, get the, have the language get out of your way, but then it lets you recover to to a more long term sustainable solution, right? Yeah, and it's so interesting I think, because I oh, think unique, it's very unique to it's very unique to uh, to Ruby uh, because because of that spectrum that it that it gives you. Yeah, it's funny because you're talking about all the things that you have to figure out up front for Unity, and then how flexible Ruby is to give you the the space to kind of explore. And when again, I'm going to talk about my 18 year old for a minute. I mean, he's he's a big kid. He's taller than I am now, but uh, he when he talks about the video games, yeah, he's not talking about any of that stuff. Where does the AHP go? Where does this? How do what, you know, mechanical this that the other? No, he's talking about the story of the game, and he's talking about how maybe the, the these things interact when you fight or these things interact when you play or when you talk and uh, yeah so being able to invent where you feel inspired i i, th- I think yeah. that's what you, you're capturing there and um you know i've kind of you know over the years taught myself yeah to approach things as more of a problem solution but for him it's much more natural to to come at it the yeah. way we're talking about and and you you can focus that inspiration too. Yeah. Uh, like uh, uh, one recommendation I give is that okay, um, I'm going to send for your game, and you have 20 seconds to make me want to keep playing. What happens in that 20 mm-hmm. seconds? Because then that scopes the problem down. Yep. And the hook has to be there, right? Um, if if it ends up being like, oh, it's this expansive world, and you know you're you're presented a vista, like, well, okay, I guess we need to put programming on hold and, and start working on your art art skills right maybe mm-hmm. animation or or you know what have you but if it's if it's the storyline it's like well what's the hook you got 20 seconds to give me that hook. Yep. and then once that spark uh, occurs now you want to get it on the screen yeah and how can you yep. quickly do that and and uh you you have to take advantage there's a book um uh, there's a book there's two books uh, art and fear and uh the the other book it, its name escapes me but um, essentially, the gist of it is says that when that spark of inspiration comes, uh, you, as an artist, you drop everything, like because they're mm-hmm. rare that they happen, and you want to capture that and capitalize it while it's there. And you, you need mediums to allow you to uh, to leverage uh, to leverage that time you have. And uh, yeah, Ruby's just Ruby's just one of those languages that that provides uh, provides one of the most. Uh, least painful um uh facets to to get to get your idea um in in the physical world Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely makes sense um we've kind of been uh inching toward video game development and we've talked a little bit about uh ruby mechanics and and you know uh, if we tie them together we kind of get dragon ruby so um (laughs) what's the future of dragon ruby um so let's see the future of dragon ruby uh so am i worth talking about where we are right now um uh-huh. so dragon ruby's you know hot loaded cross-platform uh game engine and uh you you write ruby code and uh you start with you can start with a single function that exists on a spectrum called tick and mm-hmm. you can think of tick as a fiber right so we run this fiber at at, uh, or event loop at um, uh, at 60 hertz. So that's your mm-hmm. like simulation loop. Um, I think that's a unique facet of of Dragon Ruby as a runtime. Is that you, you when you see when you hear Ruby, you don't think of that loop, right? It's right. You know, it's single execution. But Dragon Ruby is an event loop. Yep. It it has it has this facet of it. Um, 
So you you start with DevTick, and you've got uh, you've got a, a, a an environment argument that's passed in, and you shovel you shovel things to it to render the screen, and it's got properties to let you know if keys are pressed or or controllers are moved or mouses are available, and huh. it's that entry point that you start with, and then um, you have a single code base. You you run uh, you run our uh, our publish publish command, and it spits out. Uh, PC, Mac, Linux, Wasm, Web Build. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, uh, if you go to like samples.dragonruby.org, we've got we've got actual like reference implementations up there that are web enabled, and you can look at the code and uh, play one of the samples. And these are these are real games. Um, you press the tilde key, and it's going to bring down <laughs> a heads up display, uh, display that's a REPL. So you can you can call Ruby functions right there in the browser. Um, against the game, and um, and you can look at the source code, and you can say, oh, I'm going to change this this gravity variable to this uh, other value, and it, it will you can interact with it directly. So, oh, cool. We've got we've got PC Mac Linux exports. Um, our uh, professional license uh, gives you access to uh, I to mobile platforms. Um, we've got our console plan for with NDA verification for the the you know, latest and greatest consoles. Um, and then we've got uh, VR in the works, uh, as far as like, uh, as far as doing 3D Ruby Ruby stuff. I've no way. My Vision Pro. Yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, if you if you Google like Dragon Ruby VR, we've got uh, we've got like one of our sample apps that we've we we took a 2D game, and uh-huh. you have a property called Z. So you've got a Z axis, and you you provide a Z, and it pops off the screen. So are you going to make a AAA game with this? No, of course not. But right. can you make like uh, like Gal- uh, 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 Galica and where, where uh-huh. like, or Space Invaders, where the enemy like comes towards you, uh, right in the screen. Absolutely, like it's you know go for it. Um, so so that's that's kind of the world that we're in right now. Commercial, this is battle hardened commercial commercial product. Like my games are written in in this stuff, right? I eat my own dog food, mm-hmm. and so that's that's where Dragon Ruby is uh, after four years. So then where where do we want to where do we want to be and i think i think uh one one facet of it is that we we want to get into more of the gpu centric and uh, uh gpu accelerated technologies per, mm-hmm. per se so it's a facet of that is shaders uh being able to use uh being able to use uh sh- shaders are kind of uh, a language a, a highly parallel language for manipulating uh, for for manipulating um, uh, pixels on the screen, mm-hmm. and um, people use shaders to do like lighting effects, uh, mm-hmm. perspective, three D shadows, uh, a, a lot of the a lot of the like really cool uh, ripple effects on water, a, ho- a whole lot of interesting things. Generative art, um, Shader Toy uh, is a website. If you Google you know Shader Toy and uh, look at some of the examples they have, they they have someone that generated like a beautiful scene where where it's got a it's like this meadow with a tree with rustling leaves and a day night cycle and it's done completely through through mathematics and it's like how how do you how is this even that's possible? awesome um and um and so there's a there's pushing that envelope and and getting into more of the more of the visual aspects of of um um and leveraging the hardware to to do these kind of visual aspects is, is kind of that that next that next incremental step 
Um, and I think um, I think uh, pushing the envelope with respect to shaders, having cross-platform shaders, shaders mm-hmm. that actually work the same on every single uh, environment that you uh, that you actually work right. in, um, is 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 that is that next medium that we that we want to that we want to get to. And um, I don't I don't think it's enough to say uh, oh this is this is cross-platform except you have this one hack because of this thing and then this uh-huh. other if statement because of this platform it, it, it's not something uh that's not that's not where i want ruby to be as a language um or or dragon ruby so um a medium that's like write once run everywhere is is mm-hmm. is that envelope that i'm going to uh, uh, push towards the vision pro is in my shopping cart uh waiting for that to eventually get uh delivered to me um, right. uh, raspberry the raspberry pi 5 <laughs> is harder to get than the vision pro i'm still trying to get oh, really that freaking device yeah i still haven't gotten our pi 5 so we uh dragon ruby uh, you know runs on uh the raspberry pi f- uh, 4 but uh getting uh-huh. the 5 making sure you know we're leveraging all the nice things there um we also want to go smaller so like the retro uh the raspberry pi uh zero mm-hmm. zero w the small little like tiny tiny little rpi being able to like hand someone a cartridge like like an old school cartridge like just you know plug in right. a usb uh, usb controller and an hdmi cord and it boots directly into into a video game that would be cool that would be so cool and and it's like oh that's so old school i can buy it. but there's something like tactile and real uh-huh and unique to be able to say here's a completely underpowered ridiculously slow device that can do nothing more than potentially control your you know thermostat but uh-huh. no it's it's a play video, it's a video game on game. it it's a it's That's... a video game it's a dragon ruby video game so yeah. uh applying both those facets of the spectrum so pushing the envelope uh to be able to leverage uh the hardware innovations that we have coming out and then and then bringing it down to the other and saying that how how little power can we can we uh can we operate off of and, um, and and just pushing that envelope. So, like our feature set, as far as building, you know, commercial mm-hmm. commercial products, we're in a really good spot there. So now it's it's extending the extending that feature set on on both sides of that spectrum. The spectrum, like it's it's a recurring thing. It's great. Yep. I love it. Yeah. But um, but those are the two sides that I that I want to see, like, you know, come out. I want to I want to get those like tiny cartridges and just like randomly put it on a bench somewhere. Someone's like, "What is what is this thing?" And then it's got like a message on there. It's like, you know, plug this in, and uh, and and then have have like some kind of weird sneaker night where they pass it along to the next person. Right. That's kind of that's the world I want to live in, right? This oh this yeah, magical this world of discovery, and it's 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 where I want you know, it, it, it it's where I can when I when I think of that kind of world, that's that's where Ruby comes to mind, right? Yep. Yeah, you're breaking the rules again. You're pushing the boundaries. You're finding a new way to explore something different. I love it. Yeah. Very cool. Well, um, is there anything else that we should go into with Future Ruby um, or Dragon Ruby? Uh, so uh, I guess depending on uh, when this uh, when this airs, uh, Global Game Jam is uh, is uh, starting in two days. So it's uh, it's starting this weekend, and I know that's probably too soon. Um, and then we've got uh, there's a Nokia Jam happening next month in February, so mid February. Okay. And the constraint is that you have to 
you have to build a video game that fits on the the old like Nokia like green screen, the old <laughs> Nokia green screen. And yeah. you, you have to you have to build a video game that has those like pixel constraints. So we actually have we have a, we actually have like a sample app that's like the Nokia Jam uh, uh, like starter starter application, and then you can just you can just build a video game um, and submit it to that game jam. And it, it's 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 small enough. It's a short. It's not like you know mm-hmm. crazy ten week thing. It's like okay, I can build I can build I can remake Snake for for the Nokia. And right. so Nokia Jam on itch.io is is happening in February, and Dragon Ruby will be uh, free uh, during that during that time. So there's like there's no reason just if just download it. And if you're watching this and it's not free, when when just email me and I'll you know I'll, I'll set you up. But build something like build something creative, build something fun without yeah. the constraints that exist you know in our in our prof- professional lives and. Uh, do silly things make make snake but with laser eyes i don't know um <laughs> but but yeah like just just uh, just kind of encourage generally encourage people to uh to to find to find that magic again um and to invest in, in that literacy in in that next generation um and um you have mediums to be able to do that sounds good um yeah this is going to come out uh sometime between the 13th and the 16th of february so that's yeah i I think like the uh it's starts on the 20th or something Uh uh-huh so so i think the time not too late folks pretty pretty good not too late not too late all right if people want to find you online they have questions they want to connect they want to check out dragon ruby where do they go uh i'm on uh uh, x twitter at at amir Um, also on Mastodon, Ruby.social, Amirazan, Discord, uh, Dragon Ruby server will be discord.dragonruby.org. You can find me there. Email ar at amirazan.net. So any one of those, any one of those uh, uh, communication mediums are are available. Ask awesome. me anything, right? More than happy to answer yeah. questions and and uh, what whatever whatever bounce bounce ideas for video games love love hearing about you know things people love yeah. right and are excited about yep very cool all right well, we'll wrap it up here thanks for coming amir pleasure all right till next time folks max out